Welcome to Building Bridges, the podcast that explores the journeys of individuals who have overcome challenges and forged their path to success professionally and in life. Join us as Amish Shaw, CEO at Chemcrest, sits down with associates, executives, and industry partners to delve into the inspiring stories that shape their own pursuits. Whether it's finding the strength to persevere, developing effective leadership skills, or fostering resilience in the face of adversity, Building Bridges is here to inspire, inform, and empower you on your own journey. Without further ado, this is Building Bridges. So I'd like to welcome our audience to our podcast called Building Bridges. Uh, one value at Chemcrest is, to, is that we work as one team, and this includes how we engage with our customers. So today, I'm excited to welcome Charles Culverhouse, our Chief Commercial Officer, to our podcast. Welcome, Charles. Thanks, Amish. Glad to be here. Great. So, Charles, as we get started today, uh, why don't you just go ahead and tell the audience a little bit something about yourself, um, a little bit about your family, mm-hmm. your hobbies, and um, and really, you know, maybe a background of, of what you've done before you uh, joined Kempcrest. Yeah. Um, so, I am a father of five. I've got four girls and a boy. So, as you can imagine, a lot of drama in the house, uh, but that's, uh, uh, that's the enjoyable part. Um, and uh, I've been married to, and five from the same wife. Man. I'd like to uh, <laughs> clarify that, you know, you never know. Um, but a little bit about my background, you know, I have been in business um, for over 30 years now, which is hard wow. to say, but- uh, You're old. I have uh, started <laughs> out my career in private equity, uh, worked for the same company for about 14, 15 years, uh, doing M&A, uh, running portfolio assets. Mm. Uh, stepped out of that, to start my own company uh, with a group of friends that we launched and uh, ran it for almost seven years and sold that successfully. So we were uh, exciting times there. Uh, Came to Chicago area to run a company uh, called uh, OWI or Peak, uh, which is a global uh, automotive and heavy duty functional fluid producer. Uh, With some great experience, really good people enjoyed that. And then uh, ran the um, largest independent Napa distribution company uh, that globally uh, and for a company called MPEC, uh, which is where you and I uh, first yep, met. Yep. And so after a little back and forth, you convinced me that uh, this <laughs> is the place to be. And, uh, and so far, I, uh, I agree with you. Great. Well, it's been awesome having you uh, and getting to know you. So um, again, the, the name of our podcast is Building Bridges, as we feel like building bridges is such a critical theme, and it, and it has so many different implications. So I just want to ask you, um, when you think of the term building bridges, what's the first thing that comes to mind, and how would you define building bridges, specifically as it relates to commercial strategy? Mm-hmm. So building bridges, first thing that comes to mind for me is uh, building trust, mm. relationship. So how do you how do you you know build a stronger relationship than maybe one that you have in place today? Uh, when it comes to our customers, you know what's that? How do we get even closer to them than we are? And the company's been doing business with the same customer base for decades in some cases, but there's always opportunities uh, to continue to strengthen those relationships. And whether that's external or even internal, you know, building relationships internally, because it is all about customer. Uh, trust when it comes to uh, executing and when I think about strategy it's a roadmap that you've got to execute against and so Mm -hmm. not one person can do it it takes the entire organization and so it's really building trust across the 
the platform that so that everybody understands where we're going and how we're going to get there. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So when we look at um, this term building bridges again, you know, for for a company, it could be said it's really around building market strategies. So to some extent, finding gaps, Mm -hmm. developing products or services, and then hopefully inviting customers to join in on that value proposition. Mm -hmm. So when we look at that whole element of kind of market definition and building market strategies, um, and as you've joined Chemcrest now, um, and and I know you've got a lot of great new ideas and, and we've developed kind of our first phase of the strategy, I invite you to just kind of take a take a stab at where do you see these bridges being built, specifically in the industries that we're serving or new industries that we're not serving. How do you what do you see is just from what you've gained, you know, so far, some of the things that you're doing, how do you feel um, what are some of the things that you're focused on as far as opportunities go? Yeah, so at least from my perspective, and, and you know, I spent the first few months really getting up to speed, understanding our strengths, what we truly do as an organization, our customer base, uh, and what I have found is that I think we've got significant opportunity within our existing customer base. I mean, if you look at where the industry is going with regard to EV, mm-hmm. I mean, still relatively new, still in its infancy. But we've got a platform that can service that, that side of the business. And I think we could become one of the dominant players to support our customers and their needs going forward. I think there's some natural adjacencies to what we do. So if you look at where an automotive heavy duty is a natural adjacency. They buy chemicals. We happen to make and sell chemicals. The same services that we're offering to uh, our automotive customers, we'll be offering to our heavy duty customers. I think that there are other areas we're going to explore. You know, we're a, we provide chemicals as a service today, but we've got uh, opportunities to potentially produce those same chemicals and target other verticals for just chemical solutions uh, that we're not dealing with today. But I think we're in a good position to be able to do so. Yeah, that, that's that's great. And I, you know, when I look at the automotive industry, or we can even say the transportation industry as a whole. Um, what I've seen is since the dawn of the um, horseless carriage, you know, but in the 1800s, 1900s, we're all riding horses around, and then all of a sudden, you know, Henry Ford and others create the automotive industry as we know it today. And other than some, I would say, some small, minor uh, innovations, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's engine technology and whatnot, this is probably the first time that we've seen such a critical change or at least a potential change down the line in our industry as it relates to EV and autonomous. Mm-hmm. So as we look at kind of building our own bridges to the future, um, how do we manage today, which is you know still 90% of all vehicles produced our internal combustion engine, mm-hmm. with tomorrow where there are conversations from many automotive um, leaders saying that, you know, we'll have an all EV future by 20, fill in the dot, 2035 or what have you. How in a commercial strategy and and being a leader of an organization, how do you manage a little bit of the unknown with the potential for the future, but still managing today? It's a tough question. So I'm interested, I'm interested in this answer taking well, notes well I think um, first and foremost we've got to make certain that we're, we're focusing on the business that we have mm-hmm. I mean where can we improve where can we basically dig deeper and wider 
within the existing customer base for the services and products that we provide. They're not going to go away tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, as you mentioned, you know, some data in the future, whether it's 2030, 2040, whatever it may be, uh, some of these um, OEs are speculating that there might be, they might only have an, uh, EV platforms going at that point. But the reality is it'll take decades to rotate out the existing fleet. So mm -hmm. somebody's got to service that, somebody's got to stay on top of that. So I view that as still a growing opportunity for us. With regard to new technologies, I think it's critical, once again, you hear people talk about voice of customer. Mm -hmm. Are we close to the customer? Are we listening to yeah. what's really going on? Are we part of the conversation? And if we're not, how do we become more, uh, more so to, to understand you know, directionally, where are these companies going and how can we play a part in that? Um, because I think it's a, you know, business, businesses have to evolve or they, they'll cease to exist. I mean, we've, you and I've talked about Sears. I mean, a powerhouse. I mean, truly a powerhouse. The Sears catalog, yes, back as a kid, yes, circling yes. your toys. I mean, you're looking at a company that was that did it better than anybody else in their industry, but yet they don't exist today. Mm. I mean, Kodak, Polaroid. I mean, these companies that were, I mean, giants at one point in time, but they failed to evolve. They failed to really watch the market, listen to what's going on, and in some cases place their bets in the wrong, wrong places. And so mm -hmm. we've just got to make certain that we are, we're close to the industry, we're close to the market, uh, close to the decision makers, so that we can understand what direction they're really going and identify where we can play a part of it as we go forward. Yeah, so, so what I heard is, um, using this term building bridges, is that some of these legacy companies, a watch out is some of these legacy companies, as we've learned from them, they're either building the wrong bridges, mm -hmm. Which are strategies that don't aren't relevant, or yes. they keep driving down the same bridge and thinking that nothing's going to change, right? right? And so right. that's probably one of the critical pieces to to, to all of this. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about um, the market, a little, you know, in in itself as we start to think about focusing on still servicing the things that we do, mm -hmm. yet we're looking in, in into the future. Um, we're building our strategy. And so we've engaged a strategy team. We meet quite often. Can you talk a little bit about that process? Mm -hmm. Because I don't know that everybody always understands, you know, how, how do these folks come up with clear direction? Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe not in a great detail, but enough where our, our listeners might understand, like, what does our strategic process look like? Mm -hmm. And at the end of this whole process, how did we develop our key priorities and focus? Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, um, we're working with an outside party that is collecting industry data. Because the truth is we want to understand the size of the prize. If we're going to place our bets in a particular vertical or adjacency, um, we need to understand what's there. Is it just an opportunity to go and take market share or is it actually a market that's growing and going to continue to grow for years to come? Mm. Um, so really, really doing an in-depth analysis on size of the prize, also looking at our current customers, where are we not playing within the existing customer base? I mean, there, there's a lot of suppliers, a lot of vendors to these automotive OEs and heavy-duty OEs. What are they supplying? What are things that they're doing we're more than capable of? It may mean that we have to build some muscle in certain areas. We may, you know, um, whether it be uh, sub-assemblies or, you know, kidding and fulfillment, uh, you know, is it automating to where we can actually take on more? 
but it's really doing an in-depth analysis of your current customer base in the market and also analyzing other market segments, other verticals where it's a, just a natural fit for what you do. You mm -hmm. don't have to make significant changes within your organization to be able to step into that adjacency. But in some cases, it may mean you have to make investments. You may have to bring on new talent that's got experience that maybe you don't have internally today to really push in those directions. And so it's, it's just truly in-depth analysis and then it's road mapping and I think of strategy is we're here today and where do we want to go and how we're going to get there and detailing that out with regard to your imperatives, your initiatives mm. by function within an organization and we pull it all together and it really steers you and is going to drive you in the direction that you want to go. Yeah, I, I think, you know, process, data, basically taking all of these things and pulling them together. And, and, and frankly, at the end, we want alignment, right? We want everybody to yes. look at the true north or that one single direction that is our source of truth. So that's great. But of course, um, strategy is one thing, but execution is really where the rubber meets the road. And uh, we had Sarah on an earlier podcast really talking about people. Hmm. So when we talk about people a little bit, let's just shift this conversation to people and how we use people to help us build bridges. Um, how, so one, one element is, and I'm getting into structure here, but you know, they say structure follows strategy. Mm -hmm. So you gotta create the strategy and then design the structure around it. Right. And I think most of our listeners will recognize that the structure at Chemcrest is we're in an evolution right now. We have changed many elements of our structure so we can better meet the needs of our customer, our market, and the organization. One thing that we did early on is we did kind of change the structure of our sales organization, specifically once upon a time our supply chain associates were directly tied to our customer. And I think that worked really well when we were a small company and only had a couple customers and customers had direct line of sight. But can you talk a little bit about the, some of the structural changes that we've made um, and how you feel, and, and this could be all the way from our sales organization to some of the things that we did, splitting supply chain and, and sales organization, and even some new sales structure and, and, and process that we put into place. Yeah. So, you know, with the, with the reorg that's been taking place where we basically have pulled supply chain back to supply chain so they can focus on what they do, and that is truly... We want to buy better than we ever have. We want to manage our mm -hmm. vendors better than we ever have. We want to source from new vendors, maybe companies we just haven't had time to get out and, and, and meet with historically. So we want to get stronger and better at that piece of it. Not to say we're not good, but we also, you know, we've got our after sales team that's focused on our OE customers, our, our the dealerships, and we want to put, you know, some things in place there that will allow us to not only build a stronger relationship at the dealership level, but also grow our business. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have the contract today. Yeah. We, we've got that business, but how do we drive and grow sales there? And customer experience, you know, mm -hmm. I hear uh, several people here have said, hey, how do we delight our mm -hmm. customer? Well, the reality is that's, that's what's gonna earn you a business. Are you doing it better than anyone else? Are you taking care of their needs? Uh, and are you delivering on time and in full, which is critical? And you know, with the last couple of years with supply chain constraints globally, uh, that's been a tough conversation with yeah. a lot of customers <laughs> with most companies that they've had to have. Experience uh, has been put aside because survival that's has exactly been right. that's exactly critical. Right. But, uh, but you know, I think with the reorg, it, what it, it's allowing us to refocus our mm. focus. 
which uh, <laughs> you um, which is needed. And then sales, we're going to be able to pull some things off of sales where they've been down in the minutia. They've had to, I mean, they've been collections. They've been a little bit of everything. And the reality is, we want to get sales to where sales is looking outward and they're selling and they're they're communicating with the customers and targeting new customers. And internally, we've got it. We're able to handle all aspects of it, and all they need to do is just go out and close new business. That's take great. Care, take care of the customers. That's great. I love the, your focus is not focused. Was um, for, for the listeners, that was a video from the Karate Kid, yes. and it was pretty funny. Is yeah, this kid, you know, young Will Smith's son thought he was focused until Mr. Miyagi told him his focus isn't focused. It's pretty good stuff. So customer experience, I mean, I got to tell you, in, in this world that we live in, for all good reasons, I think we've, we've gone away from the element of transactional business. In everything we do, we all want experience, right? That's We're willing to pay for it. It's what brings us joy. It's what fills our cup. So this is, the, this is the challenge of the question is, when you're in the business to provide a part, it is a service in our business. We're, our service is providing on-time parts, chemicals, fulfillment, kitting and packaging, right? So there's really this hard part that's affixed to the service. So then when we start thinking about experience matters, putting you on the spot here, how do you transform what would once be defined a products company into really a service that has an experience. What are some of those, what do you think some of those variables are that are important when we start to think about creating an incredible experience? Well, I think, you know, with the direction the world is going in with technology, mm. I mean, if, if you think about it, sometimes for a lot of a lot of customers, they want you to make their life easier. Yeah. All right, no hassles. I, hey, we've selected you. You're the company that's going to supply us. How, how do you make it hassle-free? Because I've got 900 other things that I need to focus on. I've got a lot of, a lot of responsibilities. You know, these customers are large, global uh, customers that we have. And so how do we make it for that customer? How do we make it just as easy as possible? How do we also, our customer being the OE, how do we also make certain that the message that's getting back to that customer from these dealerships is a positive mm-hmm. message when it comes to Chempress. And so we've got to make certain that we, we're listening not only to our OE customer, but are we listening to that dealership? You know, what makes their life easier? You know, technology, you know, some technolo- technology is advancing at such a pace. Do you have the latest and greatest storefront for me? Mm-hmm. To where yeah. the interaction is simple. I know there's a lot of parts I've got access to. How do I know that? is the one that I need and I'm going to get the right part at the right price and on time because oh by the way he has a customer that may be showing up the day we're supposed to deliver and if the part's not there that's a disappointed customer and we cause that if that's the case so it's really just the user experience making certain that it truly is hassle free um, from, from my perspective yeah, I, I, I'm sure everybody remembers um, Staples way back in the day that came out with the easy button. Yeah. In my opinion, that was probably the most ingenious thing ever. Is the e- And then we all wish we had an easy button. Yes. We just hit it. And, uh, you know, Magic has like the genie back in the days. That, that's, that's great. Um, so experience in our world is defined by kind of being able to hit the easy button. So 
our customers are kind of hassle-free. They, they get the data they need, they, they get the outcomes that they need with very little, little to no hassle. I think that's, that's pretty spot on. So going back to sales execution, um, you know, I think the, one of the heroes in, in our story are, and should always be our sales reps, our sales organization. Um, they are the face of our organization. They are extremely knowledgeable. They have empathy to our customers. So, you know, I love how our, our sales organization is always thinking it's a balance of right. putting our customers first, but also being able to provide the value proposition from our organization and it's balancing both so we can all win together. So I know that there's been a lot of change um, within our organization and we're, we're kind of transitioning on how we go to market. Talk to me a little bit about sales reps, how we manage expectations, and more than anything, how do we bring these key associates along the journey so they're, insi- they're inspired, they're excited, and they're, they're really ready to make that big impact. I'll say that all customers really deserve to do business with Chemcrest because we're offering really good things. We've got great people. So I'd love for everybody to be doing business with us. Right. But how do we get that sales organization aligned to that same concept? Well, I think I think part of it, you know, when when you're developing strategy, and as we are today, it's really getting the entire team to understand where we're going, how we're going to get there. As I mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, but you've got to, I mean, you've got to get them excited about what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, as a leader, motivating your team—that's part of your job. Yeah. How do you get them to where they they are out there fighting the fight every day? They're digging deeper than they ever have. And oh, by the way, they enjoy doing it. I mean, you want, a, you want an environment where they can thrive. But that's across the company. As we, as we begin to tweak and modify or really firm up our strategy for going forward, you've gotta, you can't over-communicate. Mm. I mean, that, that is a critical, critical piece. Is that we, we have to make certain that every employee understands what we're doing, that they understand what they're responsible for, because it all bubbles up, and we need each and every one of the team members uh, to participate in order for us to be successful. Because one person dropping the ball could cause that, that mm-hmm. experience that's not so great for a customer. And so it's really, it's really communicating effectively to them, getting them excited, setting the, the goals for each and every employee. And then it's about accountability. We've got to hold one another accountable to go out and, and, and deliver on the expectations that we've set as an organization. Yeah, that's that's great. That's great. So when I look at all of this, I, I guess I call it I simplify it all and call it winning. And winning is important. Um, in, in, you know, not not winning, not a zero sum game, but winning where everybody gets to win. And I know you've had a great track record of success in in your career. When we talk about winning, and we talk about sales organizations, we talk about customer experience, we talk about commercial strategy, all of those things go hand in hand. I mean, you, you know, a, a great product without a great strategy, without the right people going out to sell, really, really flounders. And so, um, t- can you maybe share a little bit about what winning, what are some of the key attributes that you've experienced that really results in winning? Maybe two or three things that says, okay, if we're going to win as an organization, what are the couple things that we have to do right? Well, I think, I mean, you can have a great strategy, but if you can't get your team on board, mm-hmm. you're not going to deliver to it. You're not. And so the question is, how do you, how do you get, as I like to say, how do you get everyone in the, in the same boat? And that's one step. 
But then you, how do you get everyone rowing in the mm. same direction? Because if we're all rowing in a different direction, we're really not getting anywhere. Yeah. We all got in the boat. We all said that, hey, I believe in this. I want to be a part of it. But are, have we set ourselves up for success? And, and for me, um, teams that I, I've had through the years, I wanted them to know from day one, I want you to be successful. Mm-hmm. I want to give you the tools. I want to give you the resources. But also want to know that I've got the commitment. We're, we're committed to this. This is a, I mean, it's, a, it's an obligation almost. As an organization, when we set the right strategy and everybody is on board with mm-hmm. it, We've, we've all agreed this is the direction we're going to go. And then we're obligated to push and push and push each, and push each other also. That's the thing. When, you can tell when you've got a good team. It's not just management running around saying, hey, 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 what are we doing? Let's get this done. You've got everyone running around saying, hey, move, we've got to move the needle. We've got to get this taken care of, whatever it may be that we're focused on. So it's, it's really about getting people to understand the direction. You want them to be a part. You want them to want to be a part of it. Yeah. This job that I have, what's the purpose of it? Is it just a job? Yeah. Or is it more? Is there more? When I when I deliver, mm. how does it help the cause? Yeah, that you know that that really um, that really speaks to me, and, and I think that ultimately purpose really matters. Um, you know, years ago I was teaching a course here at Chemcrest uh, called Customer First, and. I was engaged with a lot of the floor level associates and part of this curriculum was really, it was called customer first, but really it was about putting associates first and showing them the impact that they made. And we were using examples like Disney and other great organizations that put the associate in the middle of everything they do because that creates the experience. And what we share with the associates are we're in the business of delivering chemicals and parts and accessories and these are critical things that you can't sell a vehicle. Or, Or if a car's in service, you can't let that vehicle out of the shop until it's there. And so you know, kind of taking on um, Southwest Airlines' motto is, you know, we, we provide you freedom to roam the world or whatever. You know, for Chemcrest, it was more like because of what they are doing, they're allowing people the freedom to be able to travel and go to work and go to the grocery store. And, you know, that put a different piece of purpose. You're not right. just moving brown boxes around and you don't care and know what's in it. Right. Once you can actually personify mm-hmm. the impact that that might have to somebody like you, it really helps drive that a little bit more. So switching channels a little bit here, um, you know, we talked a little bit about a lot about sales and commercial strategy and and, and winning even customers and customer focus. And I'll ask you, what, what's just generally what are what are maybe one or two things that you're most excited about? Um, well, from a company standpoint, I mean, I love what I'm seeing so far. I mean, I've been here six months now. Okay. Actually, yep. at the end of this month, it'll be six months. Wow. You know, met some great people. Uh, we've got a great uh, customer list. Mm-hmm. I mean, the bottom line is, I mean, there are people that would do anything to deal with a GM oh, or my Ford gosh. Or, or Chrysler. And these are customers we've been dealing with for years. And so we've got a, a mm. solid foundation. Uh, I think this year has really been about firming things up for future growth. I mean, it's really setting, um, and not even setting it, but maybe resetting the foundation because the company's had great growth through the years. I mean, look at where you've gotten since you started the company. I mean, that is something to be to be proud of. Now the question is, how do we take that to the next level? And I think that uh, what I've seen so far, I think we've got, we've just got really some great people, and that's what it takes. It takes great people. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is about great people. And I think that uh, I've enjoyed that aspect mm-hmm. of it. Um, I like the fact that 
the company wants to grow and what I'm seeing is there's opportunities to diversify that'll allow us to continue to grow for years to come. Well, that's, that's great. That's outstanding. I appreciate that feedback. Um, so kind of getting to the, the end of this, um, you know, you, you've done a lot of great things and you're, you're, you're an exceptional leader. And I know people listening, you know, maybe ask themselves, how do I continue to grow and develop in my career? Whether it's down the channel of sales or management or leadership or supply chain or marketing or, you know, what have you. Um, we all start somewhere, right? We all started from <laughs> yeah. one small place and, and, and those of us that continue to kind of climb the ladder mm -hmm. um, kind of set our eyes on that next step. Do you have any, maybe any aspiring advice for those that are listening, that, that are looking at their career and saying, I love what I'm doing, but I want to continue to do more or I want to impact more people or I want to have a more influential role within this organization. Any, any words or comments? Well, I think that, uh, you know, there are lots of people that get promoted because they uh, technically can do the job. The question is, you know, a lot of times leadership, a lot of companies forget hey, you need to, in some cases, you've got to, these are skills that they mm -hmm. need to be taught. But as an individual that wants to wants to grow in their career, wants to advance, um, be purposeful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Map it out. Understand what it takes to get to that next level or the next two to three levels. Yeah. And have a game plan, but also be willing to talk to people that you trust, professionals that you can get advice regarding your roadmap on how you're going to get there. What's it, what's that? Because I think a lot of times we just come in, you know, a lot of people will come in and they just work and they go home. Mm -hmm. But when you build this personal roadmap and professional roadmap, it's, it includes everything. How long is it gonna take me to get here? Am I willing to spend this next year, year and a half focused on getting to that next position? Yeah. Do I understand what the organization, what's my superiors say that I need to do in order to be able to transition to that next role or maybe the next two roles? But you, you've got to be driven, but you have to be purposeful with that. You've got to have a real game plan yeah. on how you got to get there if you want to push it. I mean, I've got a good friend of mine. We graduated college, and he was a CEO in five years. Mm. And he told us he was going to be a CEO <laughs> in five years, and he, and he was and has done phenomenally well. But he was motivated. But he had a he had a roadmap for everything that he did. Wow! Uh, and so I I would encourage people just put a plan together on how you're going to get there. Don't yeah. just think it's going to fall in your lap. And sometimes working hard will get you to that next level. But if you really want to go two, three, four levels up, have a real have a have a game plan on how you're going to do that. And and. Find someone that you can trust that is a professional that will give you honest feedback mm. about how you do it. Oh, that's outstanding advice, and I, I think you're 100% right. Things don't accidentally happen. And sometimes we, we look at folks that are in leadership roles and just think that they maybe were born there. Yeah. <laughs> and people don't realize you had to be intentional. You yes. had to create a plan. You had to make great relationships along the way. Yeah. You had to skid your knees a few times. You had to make some mistakes is how you learn. Yes. But ultimately, if you have a plan, I can tell you, everybody I've ever known that's had a pretty thoughtful plan and was able to do the work, mm -hmm. they've been able to achieve great things. So yeah. I appreciate that. So I'll just conclude with, with this quote and then ask you for some summary thoughts. So in conclusion, I found this quote that says, A bridge is a testament to the human ability to connect, build, and to accomplish great things together. 
And I think that as we look at the things that we're accomplishing, you know, you mentioned people. People is the core to everything that we're doing. Yeah. Um, customers come into fact. You know, how do we how do we how do we link our customers and our capabilities and our sales organization and really everybody within this organization to do big things. And that's kind of the theme that I took away from the things that you were talking about as it relates to customer experience, as it relates to engaging our sales organization, as it relates to winning, as it relates to even developing ourselves uh, further. It's engaging with others that can kind of help make that happen. So I really thought that that quote was very, you know, aligned to some of the conversations that we were talking about. So I'll, I'll give you the mic here for the last few, few seconds. Anything else that you would like to leave the audience with as it relates to building bridges, future success, and maybe the direction that, that Chemcrest is heading? Well, uh, the last word of the quote that you gave was together. Mm. Just reiterating what you said. You can't get there alone. It takes a team to oh. get there. So if we're going to be successful, we're going to do it together. So you win together and you fail together. And so as the, the critical piece is really getting people to understand directionally where we want to go communicate it that effectively and then let them understand how their contributions truly help support us being successful as an organization. Oh man, that's so great. Charles, thank you for being part of this podcast today and to all the listeners out there. We hope you enjoyed these inspiring words from Charles Culverhouse, our Chief Commercial Officer. Uh, please stay tuned as we have exciting and new podcasts that continue to come out where we're interviewing different associates from our organization. And eventually we'll get to interviewing some external parties. But for now, thanks for uh, tuning in, and we look forward to the next version of Building Bridges. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Building Bridges. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, make sure to click the link in this description to keep up to date with future guests.